Hello, welcome to the Crypto with Cashcast episode number 21. My name is Duncan Morland. As ever, I am your host and I'm joined by Kashaya Abbasi. Hello, Kash. Hey, how are you doing? You all right? I'm okay. You look like you're in a, a villainous lair there. It's very dark and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does actually look like that. Well, I'm not going to deny what it is. You've, are you planning you've, something you've evil? <laughs> um, whereas I've just got my Hoover in the background, as every every influencer is it, should. Is it a good? Is it a uh, good Hoover? It is a pretty good Hoover. I was given it by my parents, and it is uh, it is a good Hoover because I'm too nice. cheap. Um, to apparently, apparently they. I came across this video which said. Um, Hoover's back in the day were much stronger, but now due to regulation or whatnot, they've made them weaker. So this guy yeah. went online and looked for a really vintage Hoover, which is stronger than anything that exists on the market today. Um, and it works really well, so well that I think it, it it can pick up flour or whatever things that you leave underneath carpets yeah. from the other side, which is crazy. So there's some bit of knowledge there. And now he doesn't have a house because he accidentally hoovered it up along with his family. So, yeah, be careful if you're buying a vintage exactly. Hoover. <laughs> um, how are you doing, Cash? Yeah, man, all good. Just to be honest, I'm melting. Yeah. It's so so on the day we're recording this, it's around 31 degrees right now, and it's it's unbearable. <laughs> yeah, it's really hot. And you're in London, so I'm guessing it's even hotter than down here because we've got the sea here yeah. to jump into. But definitely. And as you can see, it's overcast outside as well. So yeah. there's a bit of sun, there's a bit of overcast. It's not a good mix. No, perfect weather for planning evil things, though, in your lair. 100%, absolutely. Have you have you been on the tube in this weather? I have, I have. And it is even, it's worse than you can imagine. What's, yeah. what's the worst line? Is it central line or... Uh, Thing, it is central line isn't it yes yeah, some of them don't have air conditioning do they so it's just yeah and it goes up to like 36 degrees it's awful yeah fun stuff but yeah apparently you're not even allowed to transport cows when it's 36 degrees the cows uh, on the tube or cows in general <laughs> cows in general uh, in whatever vehicle you use i don't think they're allowed to be transported so that's if, good it sounds good if for temperature cows. inside is more than 36 degrees but you know, inside the tube, we get tired than that. So, cows are treated better than us. Yeah, <laughs> well, they they're not forced to go into work. Um, Cryptocurrency—that's what we're here to talk about today. Oh, slash yeah. the financial markets in general, and we've got maybe five different topics to talk about. Um, yeah. The first is the inflation numbers that have come out today. I think, or yesterday, is it today? Yeah, no, came out today, earlier today. So I'm going to share my screen and then ask if you can talk us through what you have seen going on. Um, let's see if I can do this. Okie dokie. Can you see that? Uh, not yet. Are you not seeing? I'm just seeing a grey screen. Okay, maybe this isn't working well. well. We can talk about it anyway, so... Yeah, okay, well, let's forget that and you just talk us through it. So uh, the headline I'm reading says, US inflation hit 9.1% in June, putting further pressure on the Fed. Yeah, so that's the official um, data that's come out from the US government. Um, CPI data has hit 9.1%. The expected levels were 8.8%. 8 
But again, inflation has exceeded all forecasts. And actually, the data came out exactly at 1.30 p.m. today. And the markets reacted instantly. Within minutes, the markets were down. Um, all markets were down. Um, and actually, it's climbed back up today. But, you know, this data is quite concerning because it shows that perhaps, you know, the Federal Reserve needs to continue um, hiking rates to combat the inflation that's uh, happening right now. Um, the the people that I follow on Twitter who speak on, you know, inflation and, and the markets in general, they say that there's a 100% chance of two more uh, 75, uh, 0.75% um, interest rate hikes in the next two months. 100% chance. Yeah, there's a 100% <laughs> chance that the next two times they'll um, go up by essentially 1.5% within the next two months. But that still doesn't yeah. take us anywhere near 9% yeah. inflation, does it? So, Not at all, no. Yeah. And this is, again, the highest levels it's been for 40, 50 years, if not more. So, but the thing, And the thing is, when they say 9.1%, for example, everything that you see in the market, you know, supermarkets, uh, they've gone up by much more than 9.1%. You mm. know, these are just official statistics that they've carried out uh, based on a basket of goods. But I'm sure, you know... As you would have seen, everything's gone up by 40, 50 percent. Um, like, for example, the restaurant that, that just down my road, they were selling like uh, kebabs for five pounds. It was always five pounds. It's been five pounds for years. And now it's gone up by it's gone up to seven pounds. You know, yeah, that's more than a 9.1 percent increase. Yeah. And I think like it's we're seeing it in everyday stuff now, whereas sort of tail end of last year, beginning of this year, it was just the inflation numbers, but very quickly, like yep. people are seeing it in bills. People, are, like you say, seeing it in food prices, seeing it just about everywhere, like like rent and housing, housing market, like yeah, fuel prices as well. Yeah, fuel prices. So it's very. It's not just a number anymore. You know, in in the Bank of England and the Fed's kind of stat sheets, it's very much like real for people, which is why it's having that effect. You know, in the in the crypto markets, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, there is, I guess, some good news out of this. Uh, Joe Biden was just saying earlier today how fuel prices have actually fallen over the past 30 days. So there is speculation that perhaps this data that's come out today may be the peak uh, and we may see a gradual decrease over the next couple of months. But, you know, as long as the, uh, the war in Ukraine is still ongoing and I don't really, I don't really see how. I, I'm, I'm concerned about how long it's going to take before inflation goes back down to manageable levels. Because right now it seems to be out of control, despite what politicians would have us believe. Mm. You know. Yeah, I think also like it's, it's hard to. I think it's one of those things that's hard to say why it's up so high. Or there's probably multiple contributing factors. You know. Yeah. Like people talked about money supply over the last couple of years and like the increase in money supply, you know, money, new money being printed. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of different arguments of what kind of effect that has on markets. Um, but like you say, like the war in Ukraine, I guess the the natural cycles of markets and inflation as well, like, you know, yeah. in, in, in economies and global economies, the pandemic, like there's all these contributing factors and like, I don't know, in my experience, it, economists and financial experts aren't great at um you know being able to say why things are happening 
<laughs> maybe yeah, in that respect, yeah, but not in. It's not just one reason. It's as you said, it's a, it's a multifaceted problem. There's loads of things happening at the same time that's accumulated to this. Yeah. Um, the issue is that you know it's difficult. Once it happens, it's difficult to control, even if you saw it coming, um, because it's it's difficult to turn back time. You know, it's impossible yeah. to go back and just undo the mistakes that you've made. So we'll have to see what happens. Do you have any advice for people? or guidelines or thoughts on what what people can do with their money in these periods of time or is it you know maybe with crypto specifically but also generally in investing i guess what's your kind of thoughts i think it's it's good to keep up with the scheduled dates uh that the this sort of data is announced for example in our telegram group i announced uh that at 1 30 p.m today that this data is going to come out so if you have trades it's, it's good to you know be careful maybe remove any sort of uh, trades that you think are too risky right now because mm. this is going to instantly affect the markets and, and it did. Um, and, you know, there, there's tools online. You can you can search economic calendar on Google and it shows you a list of all the different things, factors and all the different data that's going to be released over the next couple of days and weeks and you can, you know, plan accordingly. Yeah, maybe if you're buying cheap crypto at the moment you can wait well maybe you can use these announcements as opportunities or yeah. just steer clear of the markets in these periods it's a bit like when companies announce their earnings i know a lot of with a lot of trading strategies for people i write for they will advise to stay out the markets during earnings season unless it's like a strategy that tries to take advantage about earnings because you know if, if something unexpected happens then you know then yeah. the predictability of them market you know not, not and it's good crazy. to you know stay up to date with this sort of uh, information the bank of america just announced that they believe america is going to go into a recession uh by q3 of this year and it's going to continue till q2 perhaps or q1 q2 more positive Next. news that's good <laughs> yeah but but the thing is you know as you said it the markets work in cycles i think since 1815 for example over the past hundred and so more than hundred years, there's been over 44 recessions, yeah. you know, and just until recently, the, uh, the markets have been going up and then they go down and they go back higher. Yeah. Um, on average, I think we have a recession every 10 to 10 to 12 years. It's now been 14 years that we haven't had a recession. So perhaps we are overdue for one, but you know, if you are dollar cost averaging, you can take advantage of these sort of prices. Hmm. So, Item number two on our talking agenda today is the euro has fallen to parity with the dollar, which means you can swap one euro for one dollar and one dollar for one euro. What yes. does this mean? Does it mean we can just get rid of or can we merge euros and dollars and just have one currency? What's going on here? I think it means we're going to see a lot more Americans traveling to Europe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I think the USD is actually at its highest level against the euro for over, let's see, for nearly 20 years, if not, if not more. So, you know, it just shows that a lot of people are concerned about the ongoing things happening in Europe at the moment. And a lot of people are selling their stocks, selling their crypto and perhaps other assets into the dollar, which is showing to be showing great strength right now, you know. And again, this is like the war in Ukraine having a knock-on effect to sort of financial stability around Europe, I guess, yeah? Yeah, yeah. 
yeah so i guess that's if you're investing in european stocks or that kind of thing then that's something to be aware of or if you're going on holiday yeah not to trivialize what's going on in ukraine of course. <laughs> um of course. so we've got some more positive news on the crypto front or stuff that i think is interesting and there's sort of three different pieces of news um the first is um crypto funds buying up crypto in the hundreds of millions so the headline i've got here which you shared in the telegram chat is multi-coin capital announces new 430 million venture fund um so they're putting another 430 million into cryptocurrencies during this uh, down market. Is that right? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, multi-going capital, they're actually a very known um, firm within crypto. They are actually large investors in Solana and Helium, which have done um, very well over the past year or so. And as you mentioned, they've announced the new $430 million venture fund. So they're not really worried about the downturn that we're seeing at the moment. And instead, they're using this opportunity to buy coins while they're still cheap. Mm. Um, you know, that's not to say the markets aren't going to go. Um, there's no chance that they're going to go lower or if the markets are going to turn around right now. It's just that they see an opportunity and they're taking it to buy coins that are now much cheaper than they were perhaps six, seven months ago. Yeah, and two coins they've mentioned, and they said they're excited about them because they fit the proof of physical work, uh, their proof of physical work projects. And one is Helium, which I think we've talked about in the past, and the yeah. other is Hive Mapper. I've not heard of Hive Mapper, so could you just give people an overview of what Helium is and what Hive Mapper is as well, if you if you know about it? Yeah, essentially, Helium is a sort of hotspot network that you can set up. It's essentially like a Wi-Fi box that you can put set up at home and it just generates cryptocurrency for you. Um, it allows Internet of um, Thing devices to communicate with one another using your network. Um, a lot of people have I actually bought uh, one of these devices a couple of months ago and I've just left it in one of the rooms and it's just generating money. I haven't checked it for a while, but I just I check it every so often. And, you know, the cryptocurrency um, HNT. That's what it generates. It's just going up over time. Um, Hive map I've actually not heard about myself, but it says it essentially interested in um, digital mapping network. So it's the same sort of thing. They're both built on top of Helium. Uh, sorry, they're both built on top of Solana, um, which is very interesting. Uh, Solana is you know, a cheaper and faster alternative to Ethereum. Well, I didn't realize Helium was built on Solana. That's interesting. Um, yeah, like even I think when we talked about it before, I said even here, like I live in a remote, well, not remote, I live in a small town in Devon, and there's a yeah. couple of helium network kind of hubs uh, here as well that somebody set up. Um, I don't know how much money they're making, but um, so yeah, so it's always interesting to see what the big funds are doing and and when they're allocating money into crypto. I remember during the like last big down market like post 2018 2019 uh what's it called grayscale one of the big crypto funds was buying up huge amounts of crypto on behalf of institutional investors there was a chart at the time showing that like institutional money going into crypto was going up and up and up and meanwhile all the headlines were institutional 
figureheads talking crypto down. <laughs> um, yeah. So it is always interesting to do to see what the big money is doing, you know, because they are following that kind of classic buy when markets are down. Obviously, yeah. like we saw three hours arrows capital get annihilated essentially because they were highly leveraged. Is that right? So it is. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, they they owned around eighteen billion dollars worth of crypto assets, and now they've been liquidated. And there's speculation that they actually owe over a billion dollars now to people they've um, borrowed money from. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a it's a very dangerous situation right now because a lot of these companies who've lent out money, thinking you know three three arrows capital know what they're doing, are now out of hundreds of millions of dollars. So. You know, but but what's happened is other members within crypto, such as Sam Bankman Fried, has actually come in and to, to try and rescue some of these companies which are short on cash because of the money that they've lent out. Um, otherwise, I think we would have seen a lot more carnage. Yeah, I guess it's essentially the same kind of thing we saw in 2008 with traditional banks, where they're like highly leveraged, essentially, like the money they have on hand um, for a crisis um isn't there they've just sort of been lending out money to each other that they didn't have and then when it yeah. when sort of markets crash and suddenly everybody comes calling for what they're owed they were unable to yeah. pay which is what causes a crisis so like firms that aren't highly leveraged um probably a lot better off survive these kind of downturns and probably other ones uh we want to keep following what they're doing yeah for sure. like I multi -coin, mean, multi -coin yeah multi-coin michael saylor Exactly. Like Michael Saylor, for example, he currently owns around $3 billion worth of Bitcoin. At the peak, it was worth $6 billion. And now that it's fallen, um, he's actually down a $1 billion. Um, and he's, instead of like panicking, he's buying more. He just bought another $10 million worth of Bitcoin the other day. Um, because, you know, they're, they're focused on the long term, as are we. Yeah, he's going to have to change his name to Satoshi soon, I think. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think he's the largest owner of uh, Bitcoin as it stands. Yeah, that's that's quite crazy, actually. Um, okay, so the next headline I've got here, which you shared in the Telegram group, is Shanghai allocates 1.5 billion to Metaverse Development Fund. Um, so, could you talk us through what's happening here? Yes. Yeah, so. You know, there's this sort of belief that China is very anti-crypto, but um, some some venture firms, you know, crypto venture firms that actually work and live within uh, China have actually said, you know, crypto activity is huge. Um, it is still ongoing. They've banned mining, but other sort of the other side of crypto still persists uh, within the country. Mm. So, you know, as you said, China's allocated $1.5 billion dollars to the metaverse and the metaverse a lot of these projects will actually be, be built on top of the blockchain so they are supporting the blockchain um, and the development of it and then you know looking to invest a significant amount of money to develop that um, so it'll be interesting what happens as, as you know i'm quite big on the, the metaverse i enjoy it i have a vr headset myself and you know i definitely see the future i definitely see where this space is going and um this sort of news is very exciting to see yeah and obviously like mark zuckerberg and has completely repositioned facebook and well which is now meta 
to, yeah. to try and take advantage of the metaverse. So he obviously thinks it's going to be huge as well. It's interesting reading that article that um, they're saying that the Shanghai financing is is quite structured, that it's going into creating 10 leading companies and 100 small-sized firms that will specialize in benchmarking products and services. So it's quite like a, you know, almost sort of investing 1.5 billion to create an industry, you know, to, to structurally create, yeah. you know, all these you know, like the blue chips of the metaverse and then a hundred smaller cap uh, companies. So they have a kind of leading, um, I don't know, stock market space. Well, it wouldn't be stock market. Well, I guess it could be stock market <laughs> as well as crypto. Yeah. These companies are public. Um, yeah. I mean, in, in some ways, I feel like Asia is ahead of maybe the West in terms of technological advancements uh, when it comes to these sort of things for example when i was in thailand uh in bangkok there were these sort of arcades where you could just try on these headsets and they would transport you to different worlds you'd be fighting or uh, sword fighting different um, characters it's very interesting and that's very normal and that's not that's, that's something that i'm only starting to see now mm. um, in the uk but i believe you know this sort of thing is, is it, is it has existed in Thailand and China and uh, Japan and South Korea for, for many years now. Um, yeah, I think when you like, there is a lot of money. I think we've talked about this before. Like when you look at in the gaming space, there's a lot of kind of uh, what's the word like historic kind of examples of things doing similar, similar business models, similar kind of experiments to metaverse stuff. I mean, I mean, I think in general, the gaming space seems to hate the idea of NFTs. But I'd say the the metaverse or a kind of shared digital like world space, whatever, is a bit different. It doesn't have to. It's not necessarily like synonymous with NFTs. You can kind of like separate those two things. Yeah. Um, also, in the news, crypto news, LimeWire. Um, you posted this in the chat earlier, and and I I think I used this when I was younger, but maybe not. If it's in a, a service to download things illegally, then I definitely didn't use it. Yeah, <laughs> but it sounds if very I, familiar. If I recall, if I recall correctly, people back in the day used LimeWire to download games, uh, music, videos. I think it, it it came out before YouTube, if I if I remember correctly. So people were just using it to essentially send videos over the internet to people all over the world um a lot of the time it was used as a platform for uh you know illegally sharing digital files mm. uh, and you know a lot of people were nervous or didn't want to announce that they, you know that they've used the platform before because of the element the illegal element of it but uh now they've actually come back and actually launched an nft marketplace and what's interesting is that in the video that they posted they're playing music by soldier boy um, in the background so soldier boy is a rapper who used limewire to promote his own music so what he would do is he would actually find out what's the most popular song out at the moment he would publish his own music with the title of the most famous song <laughs> so that when people were downloading other people's music it was actually his music that they were <laughs> listening to and that's actually how he became popular that's really funny um yeah, yeah. so i also saw that gamestop uh launched its nft marketplace this this week as well i think 
So now yeah, I think it came out the other day. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but I did hear that it's um, out now. Yeah, so that's so. There's the biggest one is probably Open Sea. Is that right? Yeah. So there's quite a few. Sorry, I'm getting cramp in my leg, which is not good. Um, so there's quite a few competing NFT marketplaces now, I guess, isn't there? On yeah. different blockchains. Yeah. What do you think makes a kind of good NFT marketplace or, or is going to make one kind of lead the pack? I think exclusivity in a sense that if, for example, Super Mario announces an official NFT and if they choose to only release it on a certain platform, then a lot of people, a lot of Super Mario fans are going to go to that specific platform because that's the only place they can get it from. Mm. Um, OpenSea is the leading one at the moment. It's just got the most volume. It's got the most number of users. Um, Solana is doing very well. With you know, Solana's recently been added to OpenSea as well. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, if I'm, uh, if I, there's actually quite a few different NFT marketplaces on Solana now. So there's Solana Arts. There's Magic Eden. Um, and they're doing quite well. I think Magic Eden was actually valued at over a billion dollars recently, which is mm. huge. And it's and it's set up by a guy who, uh, up until a few years ago, was living on a boat. So he's mm. done very well to get you know get his product where it is now. It's interesting that the it seems like the the platforms are doing well themselves because the sent the online sentiment to me on social media around NFTs is seems to be at an all-time low basically yeah it's almost like the ico fallout in 2017 where like icos were the big new crypto thing and then a lot of them were scams and just turned out to be you know like a waste of money type of thing um, yeah there definitely was nft mania a couple yeah. months ago we've seen NF uh, new hundreds of new nft launches every single day and each one was getting sold out and they were reselling for 10 times 20 times more than what they were initially bought for but um you know we're seeing less activity within the nft space but it's still ongoing if you look at OpenSea, because it's all on the blockchain it's still generating hundreds of millions um you know within a month um, every month is still doing significant amounts of volume it's just at a lower level than what it was before yeah so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how NFTs come back in the next bull market. Whether they look, you know, whether the format that they're in now is is what carries on, and people are still buying and selling them. Whether they're more tightly tied to like the metaverse and you know gaming and stuff like that, or yeah, um, or some of those other use cases like for tick, uh, you know, for gig tickets and stuff like that actually kind of manifest. Yeah, um, I have one final question for you is there any anything that you've been looking at that you're excited about in the crypto space recently or anything you've seen um, not right now not, not anything that comes to mind just recently i've been looking at the prices they have stabilized somewhat but you know there is the risk that if there is an escalation with the war and if you know the federal reserve is not able to fully control you know the effects of inflation then prices may go lower you know right now bitcoin is trading at around nineteen thousand. there's another large support level at fourteen thousand, and of course another significant one at the ten thousand dollar level um a lot of people don't believe that we may go that low or even if we do it'll be for like a split second before it bounces right back up mm. but you know we're keeping an open mind um 
and we'll, we'll continue dollar cost averaging regardless of price. Yeah, I imagine also like the volume of bigger money going into crypto now, like we just talked about 430 million was the number for multi-coin capital. Yeah. That was, you know, the, the levels of institutional investment weren't that high in the previous down market. Whether to me that suggests that like it keep prices more buoyant, but it's but then we are sitting at like 20k for Bitcoin or whatever it is. So it's yeah, yeah. it's still significant amounts of money being raised within the crypto space. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to see, and we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much for your time today, Cash. Awesome. And thank don't get, yeah, don't go taking cows onto the tube and overheating or anything crazy like that. I remember your words. Thank you. Yeah, that's my that's my advice to everyone today. Don't take cows on the London Underground. Noted. Um, unless you're willing to deal with the consequences. Um, thank you for listening. If you have listened to this um, and stuck with us to the end, if you've got any questions for us then feel free to stick them under the YouTube video in the comments and we'll try and talk about any topics or you know whatever you want us to talk about. Um, we appreciate any subscribes and likes and thank you again, Cash, and thank you everyone for listening and we'll say goodbye until next time. Need a catchphrase. Thanks for your time. Take care and all the best. There you go. That's a nice catchphrase. It's a very pleasant one. Okay. Goodbye. Thanks.